0: Welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people, unless you're me. (laughs) I'm Emily. And I'm Crystal Lynn. And for anybody who's watching the video on YouTube right now, if you see me being nudged, it's not spiritual, it's a corgi. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps prodding at me to get pets. And me, I'm just like, yeah, let me pet you because you're adorable. So I apologize to anybody watching the video if you see me like going back and forth. It's just him. It's Jack-Jack.
1: That's a funny (laughs) disclaimer to have to give. It's not the spirits. (laughs) It's the dog. It's the dog. And it's my my heart. I
0: can't take it. Oh, but guess what? We are in the final days. The final day, actually, uh, when this airs, I guess, is like going to be the 30th. Yeah, the final two days of 2021. And I've, I've already been seeing TikToks of people who are like, 2020 is going to be a great year. 2021 has got to be better, right? Now that at 2022, they're just like, 22 is a year. It's going to be, it's a year, right? Like, years are just years. But honestly-
1: 365 days, something's going to yeah, happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure things will occur. Uh, I actually do have more optimism for this year having changes, but also having positive changes and having changes that we can actually move with rather than be subject to, if that makes sense. There's a lot of things that have been decisions made on a collective level that we have to get on board with or resist in whatever capacity they've come across and whatever way we've been felt drawn. But I think this year we finally get our autonomy back a little bit, which is just really funny. Um, Because I say that intuitively, but then thinking about the astrology where we have this separating but still present aspect between Saturn and Uranus just hanging around for the year of Mm -hmm. helping us decide how we're going to change our structures in our personal lives, but then also in culture. So it does make sense.
1: Yeah. And I I completely agree with that too. On just a purely numerological level. 2022 is a cooler year Mm. (laughs) if we're just looking at the numbers alone the amount of like amplified magic energy that is in that number is really really fantastic and cool so just on that alone without even any like tuning into the energy beyond that it's already better energy period um even than 2020 like 2020 was 20 was a fine year numerologically but this one is far superior yeah, and It's funny
0: in numerology, the only, the only traditional master number, because I have studied a little bit uh, in numerology yeah. and read a few books. The only real true traditional master number is 22. And mm-hmm. it's usually like 22 four, because you could reduce it to four, but 22 gets that, that, you know, acknowledgement. And I really, yeah. it's always been my favorite number um, for Really? Oh yeah. Always my whole life and my parents and my dad was born on the 22nd and 22 always ends up being a year. That's like, uh, my 22nd year was important. Dads and moms were both important. So it's been a recurring number. Like my mom Hmm. in basketball, when she was in high school, her number was 22 and all of these synchronistic things. My dad's life number in numerology is 22. Whoa. Yeah. I've always been a little jealous of that one. Mine's five.
1: (laughs) which is still pretty good I'm a i like three, so. Oh wow that's cool yeah. yeah i think i'm a three and oh, now i'm doubting it. i'm pretty sure i'm a three i'm gonna say like an 87 percent sure on that because <laughs> you have a bunch of different numbers that do a bunch of different stuff and i know one of them is three and i'm pretty sure it's my life path, yeah. but i can't remember now your
0: life number is just i think it's your birthday <laughs> number reduced and then you also have like the day of birth number so like mine would be eight because i was born my eighth
1: yeah so, and then a the year three three number and the twelfth. Yeah. But so already I love the energy of 2022 based off of the number but also just from everything we've we've touched on it a bunch on here but just in general like the from everything I've channeled everything I've looked at I agree with you with the energy being it still changes it's just mm-hmm. having a lot more agency again mm-hmm. in navigating those changes as opposed to all the yeah. changes happening to you it's more of now you making the changes that are aligned with you if that yeah. makes sense like that's it's how like- it looks and feels.
0: It's like riding the wave instead of hiding from the hurricane.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very empowering and a lot more like, well, this is how it is, but I'm going to do this thing and that's going to be for me. And like, it's more of that kind of energetic exchange with a big emphasis on participating in the collective, though. I do want to mm-hmm. put that out there. Oh, this, yeah. al- Like, that's going to be really big. Like, everyone it's almost like a reconnection like 2020 kind of fractured us apart on purpose in a lot of ways it was really mm-hmm. binding as well but like that intense separation yeah 2021 everyone was dealing with the leftover genuine trauma and energy and all of that from separation and 2022 is like the re-putting together what's that art oh I wish I knew the word for it in Japan where a pot breaks and then you fix it with gold. oh
0: you know if you would have asked me what of uh, like offhanded I would have known because I do love that art. Um but I can't remember now. But yeah, it's anyway, when you're in the, the fix it with, with gold, gold stage. Yeah, <laughs> fix it with gold. I love it. It's like a that one Disney short on Disney Plus with Olaf where he's uh showing you Moana well, and he, he just like oh. throws a rock and says, calm down I feel like uh-huh. that's. That's going to be a big thing where we're all learning to calm down. Uh, But yeah, I I really agree with you. 2020, I always said, um, it's like Mother Nature sent us to our rooms and told us to think about what we'd done. And so in our rooms, we had us and we had to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. We had to realize who we were, what our relationship with the divine is, you know, what our ideology is, what do we stand for when we don't have other people telling us how to believe what to think or just influencing us one way or another. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: 2021, it was like, okay, everybody else has changed too. So we need to get reacquainted And that can be uncomfy when I thought I knew you and now you're a different person, but so am I. And like, how does that work? And so 2022, especially because Jupiter's come into Pisces, there is this expansion of collective energy of unconscious energy of like, we are all part of, we're all raindrops in the ocean kind of thing. And I really, really love that you know, where we've kind of expressed our individuality. We're coming to terms with it. We're setting our boundaries where they're important. And now we're respecting ours and those of others and learning how to cooperate in that. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that life and interaction with others is about co-thriving. It's individuals thriving together. Nobody Mm -hmm. has to like compromise who they are or what's important to them. They work together. They help each other because they can, and they're willing to. And I I really like like that that term. Yeah. I
1: like that term a lot. Co-thriving. Yeah. Can get behind that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like there's a weird emphasis on like personal freedom, not in like a, the way the government propagates that kind of energy, but more in like a very high vibration, deep level of understanding your personal freedom of your own choices, mm-hmm. of exploring what you want, like spiritual freedom, all those different things on a very not society level, but like in an intrinsic depth that I'm mm-hmm. feeling very concretely, which is going to cause a lot of that, like binding and co-thriving to happen because everyone's going to yeah. be owning their own stuff. <laughs> that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Well, if you remember the movie avatar,
1: um,
0: yeah. they had the ICU, which I mean so much to me. Like one of these days, I'll have to tell you the story of when I met the Sekmet statue in Egypt. Uh, the ICU finally became very important to me in that moment. Um, but you know, Egypt and woo-woo aside, what they meant was I see you for who you are. It's very much like namaste, the light in me recognizes the light in you. And so we're able now to see past the, the, you know, mundane stuff about each other, the, uh, what's it called? when it's just surface level stuff i can't remember the word but it's you know just past the surface of each other and mm-hmm. see that there are actual souls navigating the world next to us and that is yeah. so incredible and you know a lot of people will come from different walks of ideology and backgrounds and nature and all of these things but if you see someone as a, a a soul that is also here doing their thing and they happen to be crossing paths with you and you guys get to interact for however long and then bless each other with knowledge wisdom experience of some sort and then either stay together for a while or separate later how cool is that it just feels so transcendent which is another really great mm-hmm. word for jupiter and pisces too
1: yeah i agree <clears> with <throat> that also on that note though and i do just want to be clear about this when i look at the energy of january and february it's still <laughs> rough it well, is rough it's uncomfortable it feels spiky and tense and kind of like we're all like like so just i know it's leading up to our um, the US's is, uh, Pluto return, which is going to affect yeah. the planet as a whole. So I don't want to say this is just for us in the U S because unfortunately the U S has a, been a driving force on the planet for the last 200 yeah. and however odd many years. So I also want to yeah.
0: acknowledge that we are aware that the United States is not the first entity to have a Pluto return. Oh yeah, no. other governments, other nations, other kingdoms or or whatever whatever have had them. Like they've been able to trace back and be like, "Oh, when the Pluto return would have happened for the Roman Empire, for, you know, all of these other empires and things. They can track that, they can see what happened. Uh it's just that this is repeatedly. America's, yeah, yeah. Because this is America the United is States young. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. This is the United States first one. And because the United States kind of uh in the in the March analogy, came in like a lion, <laughs> uh, it, it's sort of a thing that people are watching and wondering about. And when the United States does something, it tends to make the headlines. So it does affect everybody to a certain degree. But I also think it's really important that um, we remain humble, which I think is a very great lesson that may come of this uh, Pluto return, which I think is not a bad thing. Learning, hmm. like we were saying, that it's not all about one individual thriving. It's about co-thriving. I think even on a global level is going to be very long-term amazing, short-term um, interesting to watch maybe, <laughs> but also yeah. just you know keeping that in mind, keeping in mind that this is the process of arriving at co-thriving. That's going to be really helpful to anybody who, you know, you look at the news and it's just overwhelming and you're like, I have no place to actually make an impact on this, but I have to live in that world. And I know that that's a frustration a lot of us have. And considering that just know that there are things in your scope in your orb of influence that you do have control over and that your actions will have a ripple effect at least on your perspective in the world on the people around you that you do affect and eventually on a larger scale as you become that that ripple in the pond that contributes to everything that happens so it's it's important every action every choice that you take you do have that power you do have that that ability to make actionable, amazing change. So I hope that as Pluto is something that indicates power in the Zodiac, Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that you don't find yourself getting lost in the feeling of being powerless because you are not. And we will be here the entire time to help remind you of that in case it does get dicey and spiky and it might, you know, it's just going to be interesting to observe. And I really encourage people to take that stance of I'm observing the unfolding of events in this spiral of history. And I consider it an upward spiral.
1: Mm -hmm. to be clear and also like even when we've channeled in on it it's more of a structure space of like a larger entity struggling not the individual like it doesn't feel so much on that level a lot of on the individual level it feels empowering on like the larger country level it feels like whoa um so observing is a great place to be yep for sure and this is our last episode of the year before we usher in a new year and astrologically our calendar that we operate in the like julian calendar or whatever the fuck it's called doesn't really have a lot of bearing on on anything so we just it is almost like an arbitrary thing but because we put so much collective energy into the new year it truly does cause a lot of changes and a ripple effect in collective it's very human pushed though Mm -hmm. like it is very much a collective energy push which i always want to acknowledge because the astrological new year is Aries season. Yes.
0: Yes. When we get to the Aries equinox and I want to respect and acknowledge, um, the different hemispheres that end up Mm -hmm. really coming into play, especially around equinoxes and solstices. Yeah. Recently, uh, we had what in the United States and in the Northern hemisphere was the winter solstice, but I acknowledge that in the Southern hemisphere, you guys are getting summer. And can I just say, I'm jealous. I do not thrive as much in the winter as I do in the summer. Uh, so I don't want to say the, uh, vernal equinox or the spring equinox because it is the Aries equinox. And, and I, I will do my best to, uh, keep that terminology at the front of my mind so that everybody Mm -hmm. can feel like it applies
1: more for them. Yeah. And I agree with that as well, because I know we definitely talked about it like winter stuff, but we yeah. are where we are. So that's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have someone ask a question on that, ep- not on that episode, but like after that episode, like, what do we do if it's a summer equinox yeah. in the Southern hemisphere? It's like the opposite stuff, basically like welcoming, yeah. you know, where do you want to focus on going into the winter? Like what yeah. kind of energy does that kind of, are you bringing in? Mm-hmm. So, um, it does still apply. It's just flipping it back and forth. So I agree. We will try to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. I have a similar with, uh, just honoring what nature is doing around you and moving in flow with that because
1: that's, that's where it's at. So absolutely. Um, so on that note, what all this astrology stuff do we have coming up? And then also well, we can talk about what we want to, how we honor the new year's ourselves, mm-hmm. because I know sometimes people really need ideas for that as well. So yeah.
0: We and I always this. love that too. So the yeah. cool thing that we're coming up on is, um, the first transit of the year actually does happen on January 1st and it is the sun trine Uranus. So Uranus is still in Taurus doing its thing. And the sun trining Uranus is still in Capricorn at this point. So this trine, I, uh, I did my little transit skit. It's just the sun and a trine. Um, someone asked this recently and I want to make sure I put it out there. We talk about squares as adding conflict or just adding a point where you can recognize an issue and then fix it. Um, we Mm -hmm. talk about oppositions as creating tension or creating a line of sight, a bird's eye view from one thing to another, where you can find balance. A trine is like a blessing or a talent or something that happens with such ease. You almost miss it just because it Mm -hmm. flows so well. So it's like, imagine the trine is just letting water cascade down and it's just in flow. So the sun trine Uranus is shining light on change and allowing change to happen naturally. And it's one of those things where changes may happen. Surprises may come up. Trines are generally a positive aspect. So they bring Mm -hmm. what we think of more optimistic things. So it's just happy little surprises that happen to come up and and things that just go really well. And like that worked. Uh, So that kind of stuff happens for January 1st. And, you know, I would give that like a day or so around there just to be like, wow, that was handy. That worked out really well. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm glad it happened. That kind of energy. It's a little bit happy go lucky. Uh, letting mm. that new year, new me kind of energy really thrive. So I really like that for the way that we tend to focus and put energy into the new year and New Year's Day. Um, I'm glad it's a try because I will actually be driving that day. So <laughs> unexpected, not so uh, positive surprises would not be my favorite thing. Great, <laughs> but this, is, this is positive surprises that you might be able to see that day. Um, also, see where Capricorn and Taurus are in your chart, what houses they rule to see how this might show up for you in your personal life. And then on the second, we do have a new moon in Capricorn, the first new moon of the year happening on January 2nd. This is going to be at 1 34 PM Eastern time. And do feel free to adjust that to your time zone. And because it's in the afternoon, I would recommend checking. Uh, I think the moon does come into Capricorn the week or the night before. So new moon stuff would be great. If you're someone who likes to do it at night, doing it actually, if you think about astrological magic, the night of The second when the aspect is separating is actually astrologically magically probably the best time to do it because the moon is no longer considered afflicted by the sun by applying aspect. So it's still got that like new moon visualization energy, but it's separating from the affliction of being conjunct with the sun. So could you run down the timeline of that then?
1: Just like in order. So like on the second, yeah.
0: So on the second at 1.34 PM Eastern time, the sun and the moon will conjoin exactly. And then as soon as the moon separates from that, so by the evening um, Mm -hmm. where you're at, if you're, especially if you're like West coast or, you know, after Eastern time by the evening, the moon will have separated from that conjunction. So you can do all the things that you wanted to do as far as manifesting and things like that. I just like to, as a rule of thumb, not do applying. So before 1 mm. PM Eastern time, maybe gotcha. not check your chart. If the moon is still in front of the sun and moving yeah. towards the sun's number, then not, not the best time. The best time is after, and the moon moves pretty quickly. So give it like an hour, just push it ahead an hour or, you know, that kind of thing. And you should come across a time. That'll be a little bit better. Yeah. Just if you're trying to align with the energy to that degree, it's helpful to keep in mind. Um, and this is, it, this is an interesting moon anyway. It's not exactly the best condition that the moon is in to begin with. The moon is actually mm-hmm. considered in detriment in Capricorn. So I wouldn't be making any lunar talismans tonight by any means on this, on this evening. Um, but again, if we're just talking about general manifesting as compared to magic, then yeah. I would just... The little magical dose would be to do it after the exact conjunction. Um, we do Perfect. have... A really cool situation where Jupiter is now officially in Pisces, which is so nice. Um, but it is at the bend of the nodes. And what that means is you have the North node and the South node in a chart. Jupiter is right, like bisecting that line. So it's at three o'clock to their noon and six, if you think about it that way. So it's really saying like, I can see both sides of this from a third perspective, from this objective perspective, and it's assessing um, anything that's happened before so that it can plan the next moves. So it's not exactly an action oriented expansion. It's one that's like expansion, expanding a, awareness of what's Mm -hmm. come and what's ahead, which is so great for the beginning of the year, right? Taking stock of where you've been and where you're going seems to be a really great theme for this new moon in general. Uh, we also have Mars, sextiling Saturn, which is a very opportunistic aspect. It's another positive one. It Mm -hmm. creates opportunity. You have to recognize it and take advantage of it. And because you're listening to this episode, now, you know, a way to take advantage of it is to look at the situations around you, see what isn't working and say, okay, Mm -hmm. the next step, the very next step I can take to making things work out is this. And that way you're creating, maybe you don't have the, the foresight that you want right now, but you know what your next step is. And from there, you'll be able to figure out the next step and just taking it one step at a time, but allowing yourself that motion is really helpful. Cause we are in a period where I think everybody can feel we're writing new rules for ourselves. So mm-hmm. taking it one step at a time so that we can experiment as we go. is helpful.
1: Yeah. I love all of that, especially the <laughs> Jupiter bit, to be totally honest, because I, it's so much relief. And I don't even, I don't, I hope our listeners also feel aligned with this because even the second you said it, it's just like that relief feeling of like, oh, Jupiter's back where Jupiter is happy. Yeah. Like it's so nice. Even if you haven't been consciously aware that Jupiter's been in places that it's not particularly happy. <laughs> Jupiter has seen something, you guys. <laughs> Jupiter has been having the big feels for a while. Oh yeah. And now Jupiter gets to nap, which is just super nice. Um, but I hope you guys had that similar, like letting out, like in the classic YA fashion, letting out a breath, you didn't know you were holding kind of feeling. That was how it felt when you even just said that. And I know that's what was happening and it still felt that way. So, (sighs) okay. Ready for it. Super ready for Jupiter to just like, just calm down. (laughs)
0: yeah and this um, is really a moment that sets into motion a lot of brilliant things and i want to say that because uh the new moon is actually trining with uranus on this day as well remember just yesterday the sun was trying uranus now the moon's caught up so they're both mm-hmm. still in trine aspect within And what orbit, day is this anyway. this is on the 2nd of january
1: okay just making sure we're still yep. on that day i just want to yep. like
0: still on the second yeah so they're still trining uranus saying hey positive new systems and resources and, you know, ways to make things work are on the way. And if you visualize them and you can feel what it's like to have them, you are 90% of the way there. And we even have mercury, which is just getting into Aquarius that day as well. Yeah. Um, in this, on the chart for the way I cast it for the location of the East Coast, generally, Mercury is actually at the top of the chart conjoining the midheaven. So it's brilliant minds at work, like forward thinking, getting stuff out there. And I love um. Mercury in the very Saturnian traditionally ruled, but also with a lot of Uranus agrees with a lot of Aquarian themes. It doesn't have official rulership in modern astrology. They'll put Uranus as the ruler of Aquarius. Um, So I I like to say Uranus really agrees with the Aquarian themes. So with Mercury coming into Aquarius, it agrees with those themes as well. Both those planets being ones of change, Mercury being even more personal change because it's a personal planet closer to Mm us it's really saying, Hey, I have a brilliant idea. Let's go. And it's going to start. It's saying, let's go, but (laughs) just know you're going to have plenty of time to get really good at this new idea because Mercury will be retrograding on the
1: 14th. Amazing. Yeah. Mercury retrograde guys. (laughs) Who's excited? That's okay. I'm not planning on traveling, so I'm pretty content. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah. It's retrograding through my personal <laughs> third and fourth houses. So travel and home are both going to be getting uh, some attention from Mercury and from me via Mercury's encouragement, which is how I like to look at it. So I, I really need to say this because I've already been getting a lot of people on TikTok commenting that they really wish they could thrive more through Mercury retrograde. That is mm. all a matter of perspective. It is. If you, if you, yeah. Right. Like if you align and I want to say the 29th so by the time this comes out we will already be in mercury's pre-shadow phase from the 29th of december through january 14th mercury will be doing its first pass over the degrees that it will recover during retrograde so just pay attention to what comes up between now and the 14th of january Mm -hmm. because those are the things that mercury is already saying hey these are the things that can be great And I want you to know that they can be great. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to do the work to make them great. And we're going to take our time with it. We're going to make it awesome. And then February 3rd, we'll start laying the foundations and making sure they're cemented and it will stay great. So Mm -hmm. that's how I like to think about it. Like Mercury is just a really speedy hype planet that's like, hey, you deserve the best. Let's make sure we get it right. And that's, that's how I like to view retrogrades of all types, because we're still in Venus retrograde as well. So with our relationships and our valuables, we're also making sure that our priorities are in order, that we are getting what we deserve, that we're keeping our standards to where they belong and holding our boundaries where we need to and those things. And by the way, when yeah. I say keeping our standards where they belong, I mean high. You don't need to
1: lower mm-hmm. your standards for anybody or anything. Mm-mm. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that completely too. And that's also the approach I try to take in retrogrades. Of course, big feelings tend to get in the way a lot of the time, especially if you are struggling with stuff. But what I will say, and Krista's seen this firsthand because she's seen (laughs) me in my Mercury Mercury retrograde-iest worst. Like, genuinely, I've never had a worse retrograde than traveling for our first retreat. And Krista got to like see me every step of the way, like. (sighs) I'm just uh gonna spend the night in Chicago without my luggage. It's fine. Like just all those different things. But the only way I can handle it so well is to be like, oh, what lesson is this? Or what did I need to get from mm-hmm. this experience? And that way you can put it in an entirely new, higher vibrational light of, oh well. I obviously just needed this night to regroup and have a a bit of alone time and decompress. And that feels really nice. And I can get behind that. That feels amazing. So that when I wake up the next day, I know that I had this time to reset or whatever it was. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, I had every single flight and every, this is like before the flights started going crazy in the country too. It just was all sorts of bad. Um, But that is always how I try to approach it as well, especially in Mercury retrograde, especially when things like technology go wonky and Mm -hmm. the mail go wonky and travel and all those things, all those high stress things. Yeah. Try your hardest to flip that over to, Oh, why would this be happening for me right now? Because at the core of it, like Krista just said, Mercury is a personal planet. So it's happening for you on a personal level so that you can have different things come up and heal and fix and move bits around to help yourself be more successful at the core Mm -hmm. of it.
0: Yeah. And that's not to say that no. mercury retrograde can't be useful. I actually, my husband totally. is opening a second location of BAMC and they want to do it in January. And I was like, do you have to, because typically for business things, you wouldn't <laughs> want mercury retrograde. Right. But no, you know, not I'm at pretty all. sure we opened original bamsey during a retrograde too. I wasn't as conscious of it at the time. Um, but The cool thing about this is it's an experimental version of BAMC that's trying new things and seeing if it works. So with um, Mercury interacting with with Aquarius and I believe also with Uranus at some point during its retrograde, I was like, okay, so you want this to be a trial and error situation, right? And they were like, yeah, that's the whole point. We need to be able to see. I was like, do it. This is perfect. This will give you all of the trial and error opportunities you are looking for to work out the kinks and come up with something that will sustain and work for when you're ready to actually launch it. So I, I, you can say, this is what Mercury does when it's retrograding. That's the effect I'm looking for. I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to be working on revisions and edits in my story at that time, because I want to find out what's wrong with my story and fix it. So it's, it's very useful for certain times where you're like, where, where do I actually have the opportunity to slow down and take my time with something retrogrades?
1: Yeah. And we are still in Venus retrograde, which is something that's coming into play too. Yeah. So January 2nd is kind of a big day energetically, but very yeah. high vibration energy, like a lot of really cool stuff happening. A lot of manifestation abilities, Jupiter doing fun stuff, trines, which switch your fun little bonuses. It's like you found the hidden block in Mario and you get like a special yeah. level bonus That's oh, it or like you use the flute. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So just a little bit of like, Ooh, yay. sliding <laughs> through. Um, but yeah, so big energy coming up that way. Is there anything that you do specifically or energetically to honor the new year each year? I have the most ridiculous new year's tradition ever. So <laughs>
0: So I I, I like to on New Year's Eve. I like to do something I've never done before to wrap up the year. Uh, and often I won't know what it is until that day. Like one year it was the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> one year it was geocaching. Yeah. Um, I did it. <laughs> I did it. Uh, it was awesome. I have a video oh, of Dan yeah. not truly uh, being able to complete the challenge, but he did try. So That's I don't crazy. know what we'll be doing this year. Uh, But we'll come up with something. There's always like last year, it was like, well, we've never done, you know, a New Year's Eve at home alone before. So we did that. Um, We'll we'll come up with something new to do either on New Year's Eve or on New Year's Day, just to really remind ourselves that every day is an adventure and that we don't Mm -hmm. have to stay in the old routine or the same routine. I like to do card pulls. Um, I, I try to honor the energetic and astrological new year as well with that kind of thing, but just mm-hmm. to let me know what's coming up and just to make sure that I'm in alignment and cause even as an intuitive, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I totally get that. And then you totally miss something. So every mm-hmm. once in a while, it's really good to get out of your own head and let something tell you rather than you yeah. try to interpret what you think, you know?
1: Yeah. I've actually been doing a lot of card pulls lately for kind of that exact reason of this is my emotions are too much in this and I cannot clearly get an answer so I'm just gonna pull this card it's gonna tell me and it does It always does um you know and usually trust your gut on how many you want to pull and doing a spread and all of that it doesn't always have to be super structured it can just be like this one and then this one feels like it needs another answer and keep exploring from that space too, which I always want to give people that freedom. Cause I think a lot of people resist doing card stuff because they feel like mm. they need to know the rules and need to have a spread and need to do all that, which Nope, <laughs> you <they> don't, <laughs> you can, it can be helpful, but you don't have yeah. to. Um, that's really cool. I love that you do something new to end out the year. That is the coolest tradition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun just to it. try. You, it just, you know, reminds you to, to it pull, I think it makes life more of an adventure, which is what I'm always yeah. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm with a partner who really supports that the one year I was like, oh no, we didn't come up with anything. And he was like, I have a plan. Next thing I know we're in a national park looking for a geocache location. <laughs> and It's like, there it is. So it was, it was really cool. And That's it's, really cool. it's fun to come up with all these little new things that you've never done. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be travel to Japan, although I recommend it, Um, but it could be be like the one time I was really sad. I wanted to go on an adventure and it was right when powdered peanut butter became a thing and I had never seen it and I was fascinated by it, but I didn't say anything. I got really down on myself one night because I was feeling like life got too mundane and Dan was like, we're going on an adventure and he took me to Trader Joe's and we were going to explore what powdered peanut butter was and then take it home and do all kinds of weird stuff that we could think of and look at recipes and just see what it did. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what we did. And it. it was an adventure. And so if you're looking for ideas, just explore something you haven't explored before, even if it's powdered peanut butter or geocaching.
1: <laughs> that is so cute. Go oh, Dan. Good oh, one. The Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for new year's each year, um, we've done this since i was a little kid uh weston tends to to have to work nights so weston's my husband and he he works on new year's because he works in the casino and so um it's an incredibly busy 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 it's like one of the busiest nights of the year the population of tahoe doubles on new year's eve so it's one of those days where you don't want to leave your fucking house like at all if Mm. you can help it um that and the fourth of july the fourth of july is literally like doomsday prepping like you go to the store a week in advance you hunker in you do not drive and you just survive until everyone leaves um <laughs> that is how the 4th of July is here on a very deep level so it's a very oh. home they do fireworks on the lake or they used to they haven't the last two years cuz covid but you can watch those from somewhere high up and not the beaches cuz that's where all mm. the tourists go. So you don't go there um But New Year's is another one of those nights. Thank goodness they canceled. We used to have a music festival. It's like electronic musical festival called Snow Globe on New Year's in the middle of town. And we didn't have the infrastructure to support it. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, And they finally canceled it. So this last year was the first year it didn't happen. It was really nice. Um, But what we have always done for New Year's is my parents live about a half an hour away. So me and the kids would go to my parents' house. And I buy (laughs) not like confetti poppers, but they're like tubes of confetti that have the long rectangles. Yeah. And they don't, there's no electronic, anything to go with it or like firepower. You just like shake it and all the confetti goes everywhere. So we've done this since I was a little kid, but inside the house before new year's, usually around like nine o'clock, we do a ton of them all over in the living room and then play with the confetti inside for as long as humanly possible. It gets everywhere. It's so fun. Everyone's laughing and cracking up, but the coolest part about it is even at like the next day when we clean it all up, for the rest of the year, you always find pieces of confetti stuck places and it's like antidepressants because the second you see it, all of that laughter energy and all of that fun energy that we like experienced on that new year's, like playing with the confetti just comes right back to you and you immediately like laugh and you're like, oh, there's another piece of confetti. Um, so we do that every year to make the new year full of joy as much as possible.
0: Oh, that's so cool. It's I love fun. that. I like that it lasts all year too. That's
1: what it does. It like. lasts all year. And the confetti is biodegradable. Like it's not bad for the planet. I always am like a stickler on that. So it's like very much a harmless way to just bring as much happiness as possible into the new year, That's phenomenal. really fun. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And That's it's so cool. really, really fun to play with like very much. So <laughs> I enjoy it just as much as the kids do. So Well, and that's Um,
0: important. That's like Walt Disney's vision for Disney world was a place where the entire family could bond together, have fun at the same time. And so I really like that.
1: Yeah. So that's what our new year's tradition is. And so that's like the best way I bring the energy in. I honestly don't do a ton of card pulls and stuff on new year's Eve. I tend to focus the next week, that first week of January on doing more of that stuff Mm of setting more intention of putting more energy into the year, looking at the different, you know, energies that I'm seeing coming up, doing card pulls, that kind of thing. This year on January 5th, I'm actually getting my, finishing my B set of tattoos. So I'm getting more, t- more tattoos, finally finishing my bees. I'm getting a whole bunch of different bees all over my body for those listeners. So that's a fun way. I'm like really excited to like start the new year doing something like that because I always mm-hmm. consider a tattoo a talisman. So it's pretty fun to like get more of those in my little collection. And um, yeah, so those are some of the energy ways I do it. So I highly recommend getting some confetti. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Confetti sounds like a really good time. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other big astrological things at play for this after Um, the first second of the year leading up to our next episode, I guess?
0: Yeah. So Hang on a second. Let me get my computer. It's funny. I've been having like a personal mercury retrograde today. I have no specific aspects coming up today, but I have several tomorrow. And like today I've already like accidentally thrown things across the room for, for no reason. Like I'll be replacing the water in my Keurig and it just slips out of my hand, but somehow launches halfway across the room, scaring the corgis and like all of these things. (laughs) And it's happened about three or four times today already. So I'm just like, all right, we're being mindful today. I get it. Um, So forgive me as I navigate my technological issues. I'm not sure what's up, but we do on the third, that Jupiter at the bend of the nodes will be exact. It's a pretty slow mover kind of thing. So it's not something to really, to align with so much. It's just sort of Mm. saying, Hey, societally, we're at this junction of where are we going? Where have we been? Mm -hmm. That sort of, I like to consider this moment like an eye of the storm, where we know what we've been through, we get a deep breath, and then we get to finish what we started. And that's a a really great way of choosing how to look at the next steps you plan to take is finishing what has been started. And that's Mm -hmm. all it is. And then on the fifth, Venus will sextile Neptune. And again, a sextile aspect is uh, an aspect that brings up opportunity. So Venus Mm -hmm. and Neptune, I really like because it sort of feels like, um, you know, Venus is of beauty and of art and all of those really lovely things. And Neptune can, it can be confusing, right? But right Mm -hmm. now Neptune is direct and it's in Pisces and Neptune really agrees with the themes of Pisces much like Uranus and Aquarius do. Uh, So you have this whole situation of this energy of really being able to visualize your dreams. And there may be some rose tinted lenses with them, but right now, why not? picture warm and fuzzy things, let yourself have that feeling and then see what comes up. I actually recommend in cases like this to feel warm and fuzzy and then see what visualizations or what feelings or what thoughts or what images come up when you feel warm and fuzzy, because that helps you identify what your definition of warm and fuzzy is. So Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, oh, a soft robe is warm and fuzzy, but it might not be for you. It might be something else. So feel warm and fuzzy and then see what comes up that actually goes along with that feeling for your experience. And that is something that I think
1: is really helpful. Neat. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. So again, I'm Talking about my tattoos again. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) But um my three B's that I'm getting are the Jupiter B, the Mercury B, and the Venus B. So they're incorporating aspects of those planets because those are very prominent in my chart Mm -hmm. into these B tattoos. I'm getting it on the fifth, which is very interesting because Jupiter's finally comfortable and happy. And you just said that Mercury is starting to completely what i forget mercury will be in
0: aquarius at that time
1: yeah Yeah. venus is in retrograde though which is very interesting so Venus
0: is in retrograde so if you're being introspective mm, about art in your body yeah i mean intriguing yeah
1: anyway just just a side note i was like huh it's always divine timing i guess that's like the reason i bring it up on here is genuinely everything you do has so much divine timing in it that even if Mm -hmm. you don't notice it right away you will notice it after the fact it is so powerful all of the choices we make are so divine it's just a matter of oh us paying attention to get the validation we need from that.
0: Yeah. I see that all the time when I give astrology readings, cause I'll look back on people's timelines with them and be like, mm-hmm. at this point, did you notice that you changed this kind of stuff in your life? And they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's exactly when this happened. Even in my own timeline, the major yeah. events of my life match perfectly with You know, the techniques are zodiacal releasing, annual perfections, secondary progressions, all of those things work. (laughs) And they show me different things that happened at those periods in my life. It just shows that, you know, the chart really does express me. And I have lived my life in alignment, even if it didn't always feel easy, it's been aligned. And I really love offering that kind of uh, feedback and assurance to people. And you'll notice like when you do something, it does seem to align with either transits or your personal timing. I just love it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's yeah. Or even just like, oh my gosh, that also came up because of this was happening right now. Yeah. And now I had this validation from the guide that it needed to happen to make this happen. And it's just yep. like this beautiful cycle, which I just love the energy yeah. of, especially when you see it and you can actually pay attention to it. So always pay attention to those kind mm-hmm. of things and even look back on things in your life. And if you can pull up your chart, it's really beneficial. Yeah. Well, it's and everything,
0: literally all of that, guides and our intentions and our thoughts and the energy and the aspects and all of those things, they are all connected. They all influence one another. It's a big chain reaction. So yeah. when you're looking at that, it's just so awesome to see how you always talk about how divinely supported we all are. And yeah. you can find evidence of it. And once you learn to see it, you can't unsee it. So no. it makes you more able to look at Mercury retrograde the way you do where it's like what am I learning here? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's not the universe against you. It's you collaborating and co-thriving with the timing of the universe and your personal timing, which is so cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. So this is also (laughs) not just the last episode of the year, but also last episode of the month. So this is our book end segment where we wanted to talk about, do a recap of all of the books we've read this month for you guys, whether they're high vibe or whether they're not high vibe, all of that jazz, which we like to do, but also we wanted to make it extra special and talk about one of our favorite high vibe reads of the year, since this is the last episode of the year. Um, And I did just want to say too, I am going to start doing book reviews on our YouTube. So if you don't Mm -hmm. follow us there, check us out, but I'm going to do every time I finish a book, I'm just going to post a video of whether or not the book was high vibe, what it helped me activate psychically, what it helped me maybe not activate psychically or, you know, what I got from it, that kind of thing. So um, they will be spoilery, but just so you guys know, if you want to watch those not always spoilery, I guess, kind of minorly spoilerly. <laughs> but if you want a high vibe take, I think I'm going to start doing those because I need to do something with all the books I read. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what, what is your bookend? What have you read this month, Krista? So
0: I do want to set the disclaimer. Emily is much more prolific of a reader than I am. I end up reading a lot of nonfiction, like astrology books. Uh, so my fiction read this month has been A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. I've had Mm -hmm. it for a while. I really wanted to get around to reading it. And I have to say, as far as high vibe, the craft of writing, masterful. Mm -hmm. The characters, Mm -hmm. uh, awesome. The story, pretty good. High vibe. I I wish I could say it was high vibe in the way that like I'm living in the story, even when I'm not listening to it or when I'm not reading it, but it just didn't, it didn't keep my imagination with it. It didn't stick with my imagination throughout the day. I think it's a really amazing, well-structured, well-executed, well-written story. There's not a, there's not really a lot of flaws that I could point out as far as writing a story. It's amazing. But, um, I wish the the charisma, not the charisma, the chemistry between the main characters would have been more evident. And I do know the the sequels are out there. I might listen to them, probably will eventually, but it would Mm. have been nicer to have that chemistry earlier on for how well fleshed out the characters are and for how neat they are. It would have been cool for them to really vibe more. And... And just to get that feeling from it, I haven't nailed down yet what the theme high vibe would be like, what we're, Mm -hmm. what energy we're learning, what belief we're transforming or anything like that for anybody who's listening. Those are my criteria of a high vibe story. Is there a belief that is being sort of transformed and challenged in the theme? Usually you see that in the, you know, in the moral of the story is, and, uh, so I'm still deciding on that but I still have I'm in the climactic moment so I'm sure that more will be revealed soon and uh, like I said totally entertaining great read recommend it if you love books Uh, but high vibe I would give it a three to four stars
1: yeah I I've read A Darker Shade of Magic too and I didn't actually get to listening to the second one um same reason Mm -hmm. I think um it's good it's just not I wasn't lost in the world and I didn't completely love it and it's good. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's <laughs> that's everything. like the base level I got. I, I wanted really so much more out of it than I got, it, which yeah. I think is what it is. Yeah. Like, it's
0: super well developed, well thought out, all of those things. Like the yeah. skill is absolutely there. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the energy is not, it wasn't activating. It's really my criteria for the high vibe, too is like, is there a belief that's being challenged, mm-hmm. released? That kind of thing more than one too. If there's more than one and they're all being challenged and released and all these different things, that's awesome. But also, like how much how activating is it is and yeah. is it energetically? Like I usually check in with my energy at the start of a book and then I check in with my energy at the end of the book. And I try to see how my energy's changed or if there's something been activated in it. And sometimes yeah. yes, which means the book is very high vibe, and sometimes nope, <laughs> which means and it's not.
0: I found moments where it, it kind of hit the hit the spot of energy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then the moment would pass and it's like, oh, okay." but that's not even part of the main plot. So there may be a couple more hits of that energy, but it's not a thread. And I think, you know, it's it's very close to high vibe, but I don't think it quite hits that mark. And again, if you're looking for a great read, definitely give it a shot. It's such a nice story amazing skill, all of those things, but the vibes aren't quite to the caliber or the the level of being high vibe and, you know, shaking the energy and changing it up and making it warm and fuzzy, not even warm and fuzzy, but just activating, I think is a great word for it.
1: Mm just activating because as we always say high vibe books do not have to be like all
0: positive and sunshine
1: and rainbows like dark dark stuff can still be very sometimes
0: horror horror can be absolutely high vibe because it helps you process emotions you usually hide from
1: yeah 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 things that make you cry can also be incredibly high vibe giving you release to things
0: that you don't usually acknowledge absolutely I I have a whole book where I write about this just so you know if you're interested writing the high vibe heroes journey is the infrastructure for our program the forgotten Mm -hmm. storytellers, which by the way, we are open to pitches. So if you are someone who wants to write a high vibe story and you have an idea, but you want support help and the steps to get you there and an amazing group of magical people, uh, go ahead and pitch us at the forgotten storytellers, uh, at gmail.com. We would love to see a messy two sentence, three sentence pitch doesn't have to be perfect or polished. Go ahead and send it there. We are so excited to, uh, to read that over, but Emily, What have you read this month? Because I'm sure your list is a bit longer.
1: <laughs> it is a bit <laughs> it's a bit longer. Um, also, yeah. Forgotten Storytellers, guys, it's an amazing program. Your book will get done. Your first draft of your book will get done in four months. You get to do high vibrating retreat, all sorts of fun stuff. So please send us your pitches. It's our favorite part to read through them. We love it so much. Um, but yes. So my number one outstanding best read of this month, and I read it in like a period of like five days is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It is fucking incredible. I loved it with such a passion. It's one of my top five of the year for sure. Um, which is awesome. I snuck it in there in December. It's phenomenal. I cannot say enough about it. Um, talk about high vibe in a very conceptualized like concrete way um the basic basic premise just so that you guys know because it's not actually a fantasy usually a lot of my stuff will be fantasy um this is not a fantasy it is a historical fiction kind of basically it centers around the world like one of the most famous actresses that ever lived in hollywood and she was married seven times And she wants to give her memoir to this journalist. So she actually tells her true life story for the first time to this journalist. Again, she's a fictional character, but it is so empowering. Um, The amount of representation in it is awesome. It's just, it's wonderful. Um, Tears, yes. One of those things that I, it was two weeks, almost two weeks ago, I finished it and I still think about it every day. So yeah, it's a really good book. Read the book. It's a great book. Um, so I read that I'm still working on reading through Agrippina. So I am writing a book, um, about a woman named lacusta who is an ancient poisoner who lived in, um, a poisoner who lived in ancient Rome and the best account of women's life basically at that period of time when, which lacusta lived. And she actually interacted with Agrippina as well is the account of Agrippina, the younger who, um, was essentially an impress- kind of, she was married to multiple emperors and a sister of an emperor. It's all sorts of different stuff. So I've been working through that one to just kind of like really get immersed in the world and and take notes. And that is actually like a biography of her life. So that's a nonfiction, but it's been really good. It's written really fun. It's a quick, quick navigation. So if you're really into the Julian Claudian era of Rome, and you'd like to read about some badass Roman women, Agrippina. (laughs) Um, I'm also currently reading Seven Deadly Shadows. Oh, also, uh, Lots seven of sevens. Husbands. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs>
0: um I the mean, seven deadly seven, shadows. Seven numerologically is like the number of going through trials and yeah. understanding things and process. So
1: yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Um, also the seven Hus- husbands of Evelyn Hugo is by Taylor Jenkins Reed. Um, and the seven deadly shadows, it has two authors. Let me look up who it is: Courtney Alameda and Valene E meitani i believe i hope i said that right um but it's it's like reading an anime it's not i've read a lot of manga so i've read a lot of manga um my husband collects it so we have a ton of it it's not like reading manga because there's pictures it is like or reading light novels even it is like reading anime and that's the best way i can describe it it takes place in japan um and it's the shinto priestess has to go meet a bunch of yokai and collect shinigami Um, to help fight against the darkness, essentially. And so far, it's really, really cool. Um, There's some interesting elements to that that I'm like, might not be as high vibe. So I'm kind of in between. Um, Craft-wise, it's pretty okay. It's not like the best book I've ever read in craft space. But so far, I really enjoyed the fact of how I've researched a decent amount about Shinto and it's so rooted in actual Shinto roots that I really... Mm really about it. Um it's super cool. So if you're really into Japanese culture, if you're very intrigued by the Shinto religion or religious practices and you want to learn about it in a way that's not necessarily academic but is very research heavy, um it, this is a great book to read. I would highly recommend it. Oh, and then I finished the fourth throne of glass book, air of Fire, which is
0: oh, nice.
1: Not high vibe but it exists and it's fun yeah. to read.
0: <laughs> I heard a lot about that series. I haven't gotten around to it
1: yet. But- oh, the first three are, or the first first three are fairly painful. Mm. It's fine. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's a book that exists. I love the. ACOTAR series. Also mm-hmm. not high vibe, just books that exist. Very good to capture your imagination and all that stuff yeah. too. Very not high vibe though. Just going to continue to least mention that, um, thrown a glass. Same. I think I might end up liking thrown a glass more overall, but there's a lot more to get into, but it feels so fleshed out. Less yeah. seat of your pants more like this was a plan it's fleshed out. So, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think for best of the year, we yeah. may, we may have the same one. I, I, mine's Mistborn.
1: Oh my God. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so technically I only read the last book of the Mistborn series this year. So I only read uh, that one and it was in January. Um, but oh, it's so good. I read all of them. this Well, well the original
0: saga of Mistborn mm-hmm. this year, I know there's yeah. continuations. Eventually I do want to get around to them because that was the most recent series of books that I really got lost in. Yeah. And was thinking about it even when I wasn't, you know, I, like, I just, it was meditative reading it. So the yeah. way it was written was good. The voice actors, you know, for the audiobook was good, which Incredible. is such a make or break for me sometimes. If the, like, I have to sometimes look past the voice actor and be like, if I were reading this, I'd probably like it more. Which I think is yeah. something that happened with The Darker Shade of Magic as well. Um, mm. But I think. Mistborn just all around, because the vibe was there, the voice actor became aligned and like all of those things. And it was just amazing. So good.
1: It's so good. I have a tattoo for Mistborn. I loved it that much. So I completely, yes, I completely agree. The voice actor too, guys, if you've read Mistborn, listen to it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. The way that he voice acts, everyone is dead on. Yeah. Just dead on. Even the female character, like he's just he hits the nail on the head. It's fantastic. Um, so that would be mine, but again, I only read the last one. So I would say the, my other one is the house in the cerulean sea. And I did actually read it twice this year. Um, once I listened to it once and I loved it so much. I read it to my kids. Mm -hmm. So it's so high vibe. It is so incredibly good. It's a standalone and it's TJ Klune's, one of my favorite authors who wrote house in the cerulean sea. Um, and I, cannot recommend it enough if especially if you want the book on it is literally described as being wrapped in a fuzzy gay blanket that's what the description on the book is so if you want that energy read that book (laughs) it's about a magical orphanage and it's just it kind of it's about a magic guy who goes to audit a (laughs) magical orphanage and that's that's the premise and it's really fantastic so that's definitely one of my my tops of the year high vibe ness. yeah cool Mm -hmm. well awesome yeah. I we
0: are wrapping up 2021.
1: I'm not going to lie. 2020 was a way better year for me than 2021. was. <laughs> yeah. I think 2020
0: with our Scorpio moons, we were like stuff's happening. There's things yeah. to respond to. And it, it just really, uh, we, we are built for things like that and for, you know, holding space in that situation. And then now where it's been so external, I feel like I have stepped back and just have to have been like, okay, nobody's in a asking for my advice position right now. I'm going to have to wait. And then I get bored. (laughs)
1: and So we start a podcast, which really helped. (laughs) It really did help. I've had a lot of, um, So 2020, a lot of really amazing things happened for me externally. Like I got Mm -hmm. married, my business took off. We started the forgotten storytellers, like all this stuff, just like really cool, big stuff. My book was officially published, you know, just things, um, which was awesome. And then 2021 has been a lot of really intense external challenges that needed to get overcome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just tired, and I could just stop doing that for a little while. That would be fun, <laughs> like on a very personal level, personal yeah. external challenges, not necessarily negative because I don't want to say it's negative. I'm just tired. No, seriously, <laughs> this year has
0: been a lot for you. And to be fair, so you're much. you came into your Saturn return this year as well. I so I, I finished I... mine, so I get to be like, yeah. oh, you're in your Saturn return. I've been there. No, seriously, okay, I'm I almost it. done. I, I have like a month. <laughs> <laughs> I had my like crux of my Saturn return during 2020. So I get it.
1: Yeah. I'm so close to my Saturn return being over. I'm like ready for that too, but it's just been, (sighs) it can be done. It can Mm. be done. (laughs) Especially this last month. It just royally kicked my ass and now I'm just, I tap. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember that point too, but it's, it's good. It's like hindsight's going to be so much nicer. Yeah. And And again, none of it was negative, right? Yeah. Whatever you've gone through this year, the great thing that we have about new year's Eve and the intentions about it is looking back And Mm -hmm. realizing how far you've come, apply it to this new moon energy of that eye of the storm with where have I come from? What am I like? How have I grown? And how do I finish what I've come here to, you know, to do? And that's Mm -hmm. just so empowering. You are a hero in your story, in someone else's life, all of those things. So, Mm -hmm. yes, there are challenges, and no, they're not always fun to go through. And we're not here to say that you have to like grin and bear all of them, but it is something that you will survive through and it will support you and make you able to thrive. And uh and I hope that wherever you are in that process you can at least believe in the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely and Keep in mind, I think it's just, it's such an ancient, beautiful human thing to find ways to celebrate when we are transitioning from one era to the next. Mm -hmm. And it has happened for the history of humanity on this planet. And that's just what New Year's Eve is every year. So even though it's this modern version of, you know, people go out and drink and kiss and whatever, but like, it's always been a celebration of transition. There's always one, and they were in, every culture in this dark part of the year, like let's celebrate something. Let's transition through something and be proud of that. So be proud of that on this new year's because it's, it's mm-hmm. deep. Um, thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate you. I believe the Spotify, Spotify podcast rating star yeah, situation has now. launched. So please, if you guys wouldn't mind, if you're listening to us on Spotify rating our podcast, we would just really appreciate it. It's pretty magical that we get to have stars.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) it's the same as like, if you're, if you want to tell your friends about it, this is telling people who may not know you that it's something you recommend. So if, if that's something that you feel inclined to do, we feel blessed. We appreciate you. And that's really cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, if you want to see us talk again, you can find us on YouTube. It's the Alchemist in on yep. YouTube. That's where we are. Krista does month long, um, astrology forecast, just focused on like the overall view of the month on that channel as well. And like I said, I'm going to do high vibe book reviews on that channel as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a great place to find us. If you want to subscribe to us there, other than that, we just really appreciate you. Thank you for listening and happy new have year, have everybody Ooh, <laughs> happiest of the new years. <laughs> May yeah.
0: it be a happy one. May it be happier than the last one and the happiest
1: you've ever had so far. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like that one. All right, everyone, go, go, go make, make some, some magic. magic.
0: Hey, <laughs> we got there in the end. We it did. It. Do as we Bye say, everybody. not as we do. <laughs>